My name is Aaron McManus, and you were listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. I'm here with my dad, Erwin Raphael McManus. It's good to have you today. It's good to be here. And you had an interesting weekend. Yeah, but first, I heard you got a lot of heat from last week's podcast. But first, I heard you were on a private jet. No, no, let's have a little fight first. No, I don't <laughs> want to fight. <laughs> no, no, I'm, no. I'm a man People of People get peace. upset that you were disrespecting me, that you're coming in a little too hot, Miss, that, you, that this, you're not yeah. letting me talk. <laughs> yeah, some, someone on, on the YouTube comments... Yeah, we do read the YouTube comments. Uh, this guy bullies his dad. You know what? My, I have a name. My name deserves to be said. And I, unlike Will Smith, I'd like you to use your use my name in your mouth. <laughs> oh, call me by my name. All right. So, Aaron, let me tell you why. Let me read the. Let full, me tell you why. You let me, right, let me read ahead. the full diss track. This let me guy, talk. This guy bully. <laughs> this, I'm not looking at you right now. <laughs> this guy bullies his dad. He's walking on eggshells around him, trying not to get a verbal whooping for his comments. This was more spotlight on that than the Will Smith story. Your dad won't be around forever, and you'll kick yourself thinking how much you silenced him. Just let him be. He is very intelligent, and we really wanted to hear what he wanted to say. Well. First of all, thank you for part if of If you it. thank her, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> you can't thank her. Well, let me tell you why he can't bully me. Because I am not a victim. <laughs> you a victim. <laughs> and uh, and I, I'm, I, I'm not a hobbit. <laughs> and, uh, and so you, you um, I, cannot, I cannot be bullied. And I can't even be physically bullied. I certainly cannot be intellectually bullied. <laughs> but it's a great compliment of you to you, and if you are bullying me, it means you are my intellectual superior. If anyone thinks <laughs> I'm even intellectually equal to you, I'm playing at a handicap. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but sometimes you don't let me answer, but most of the time, the heat comes because you're trying to get an answer, and I'm avoiding the answer. 100%. So, so let me give you a little backstory. You a you a track star. So when Aaron said... Was Chris Rock's joke wrong? Let me tell you why he didn't answer it. Why you didn't answer it. Why no. you wouldn't give a yes or no answer. I didn't answer and it. And then Brooke asks you one question. And you're like, you know what, Brooke? Yes. <laughs> and that's how I knew there was a vendetta. But there was a personal <laughs> vendetta. Shave your head, Aaron. What? V for vendetta, Aaron. Ooh. And I didn't answer the question because I immediately started thinking about all the people who have um, what? What's that? That that disease? Alopecia. 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 Going. You're not being sensitive to us. So I have this radar in my head that's always thinking about the person who will be most offended. I can't help it. And so the moment I hear a question, I start thinking, "What's the exception? What's the exception? What's the exception?" And but the rule was there was nothing wrong with Chris Rock's joke. And I should have, I'm going to say this, you asked the right question. I should have had the courage to answer it. I was a coward and I did not give you the answer you deserved. You're not a coward for not wanting to answer about Chris Rock. I, You're not. Because you a victim. <laughs> Watch this video. I'm super high fire. <laughs> You're a victim. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. 
Yesterday, I put ketchup over all my fries. <laughs> Today? Today, I dipped them. <laughs> and so, I want to thank you for always pressing, for not relenting. I don't see you as a bully. But sometimes you are so <laughs> intense. Are you sure? And I wouldn't mind you pausing to listen a little more, a little bit more. Like in that moment. Like, like in that moment. Because what I was going to say about context was thoughtful, insightful, and helpful. I didn't want context. <laughs> I want controversy. No, a trifecta of context. Oh, but, and then I got a little heated. I got a little upset. And that made you heated. And I don't know how much of it we edited it out. We edited it out a good deal. Because they, they didn't, they only heard you, quote, be disrespectful. They didn't hear me. Oh, no, they heard. He kept that part in. He <laughs> called, when you called me, uh, I'm going to boysplain this to you. They kept that in? Yeah. You kept that in? Austin, man. He did. I should have said that. <laughs> he did. And people were, people were commenting, <laughs> laughing about it. See, because I used to be a verbal assassin mm. when i was younger i used words to cut people into pieces and yeah. you're like the chef from benihana i i, I was slicing and dicing hat. and i realized one day that my tongue was used to be destructive rather than to actually be constructive hmm. i took discipline over my words hmm. which is why now generations later centuries later I have incredible control over the words I say, even when I'm really angry. Hmm. <laughs> you a victim. <laughs> <laughs> but I did my, but I did my catch up. <laughs> All, right. All right, so then you're gonna harass me about um, what I did over this week. Yeah, so, you know, I get a little phone call from you guys. Hey, would you watch the dog, house sit? I never am at my house. Between you and Mariah, and my other friends, Philippe and Anna, I'm always house-sitting. That's nice. It is nice, but yeah. I have a house. It's a little <laughs> one, but it's a house. I'd like to sleep there sometimes. Well, you took care of our house. I took care our, of your house over the weekend. Little, our dog. You didn't quite yeah. tell me what you were doing. You told me where you were going. You mm -hmm. told me who you were hanging out with. Didn't realize you and the boys were jumping in the PJ and just heading over to, <laughs> to West Palm Beach or some someplace and then just hanging out on the ocean well your mom my wife kim she actually went to north carolina and then went down to jacksonville and then uh went down to meet us in fort lauderdale so she you know was flying whatever united or whatever it was but i was going to catch a flight to uh, fort lauderdale to the birthday of a really dear friend joel marion right. who I, whom i love and yeah. um I've never really been to a destination birthday party. I, I can't remember the last time I've almost been to a birthday party, hardly. And um, so I was about to go, but then these friends also got invited and they have, um, they, you know, they, they fly private. They have a plane, don't be shy. Man. And uh, so and they, you, they said, you know, do you want to fly with us? And I, I, I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And normally you never post about it. No, and I gotta be honest, when I got on the plane, yeah. it was just me and, and one of You're like my friends. You're like best friend, one of your best friends. Yeah, and I got on the plane, I said, I know I should be, but I'm so excited. 
<laughs> you know, so it wasn't like, you know, it's not, not the way I roll. Okay. So I said, I, I, I'm so excited. He goes, why shouldn't you be? And he starts talking about the play and he's excited. He's excited. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so you don't normally post about so it, but then you were on the plane on the way back with like Mel Robbins and Ed Millett and, and Jamie Lima and all these people. Yeah. And they were posting about it. Right. I would have never posted. And I'm with my friends at a dinner and I'm like, <laughs> okay, my man is on the plane. <laughs> And just, 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 just deep in it conversations with all these amazing people, and I'm screenshotting, laughing because I'm like, you would never post this. I, I would never have posted it. I, I live a very, very private life in many ways, and a lot of times I don't want people. To Apparently, very private jet life. Oh, <laughs> apparently the controversy. No, because you know, because haters are just always looking for a reason to hate. No one did anyone hate on you on this. I don't know because I didn't pay attention. <laughs> You know, I'm sure they will. And, no, and, but but it, when when I saw their stories being posted, and I realized, okay, I'm in these stories, so yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, I might as well repost them. And and they are my friends, and I love them, and right. I felt honored to be together. And we did have like a five hour mastermind session on an airplane, it's which insane. was incredible. I mean, I have. Are Some there, of the greatest minds in the business world there yes. with Mel Robbins and Jamie Lima and Ed Milet and Paolo Lima. And, you know, and so I'm there, you know, I guess I'm D'Artagnan because I wasn't one of the three musketeers. <laughs> hey, you're the one the movie's about, though. So and um, and it was so much fun. It was incredible. So, yes, I did post. And uh, did I had you feel someone, weird about posting. I did. I why? did. See, and that's why I posted it. I felt mad. <laughs> I felt jealous. No, there's a reason I reposted it. I because I, I felt something inside of me that said, "You don't feel permission to get to do this. Hmm. You don't feel permission to get to live this large." Yeah, and and then another voice saying, "But you, you've made choices in your life, and invested in people in your life, where this is your life." Hmm. And you shouldn't be ashamed, embarrassed, or apologetic about your life. Hmm. So I posted it because of a couple of things. I wanted to break the psychological hold in my brain right. that says I'm supposed to live less so that people like me more. Right. Yeah. And so I, that was part of the reason I posted it. Yeah. I wanted to get comfortable with success. Uh, I wanted to get comfortable with um, living a life bigger than I ever imagined. And, um, and then also I want people to realize that life is really limitless if you are not held and, and anchored down by like fear and, uh, and insecurity and uncertainty. And if you're willing to pay the price and work hard and discipline yourself and invest in people and build into people's lives, it's amazing the doors that open up. And yeah, it was actually really cool. A celebration it, of the other people in my life. It was awesome. Yeah. I want to be there. <laughs> I would like to be celebrated with you. I would like to celebrate you there. I'll, I'll, I'll sit with the stewardess or the steward. Um, I, I had a really amazing conversation with a, a, a woman over the weekend. She, she, she dates my, my friend and we were doing a little going away dinner on, I think, Saturday night. And she is Muslim from Syria, but grew up in Paris. And we had a fascinating conversation and about, you know, the, the perception of, of Islam in the Western world, mm. her growing up in Paris and the acceptance 
or lack thereof of the French people to the Islamic world, but because she's light skinned and blue eyed and looks, you know, she could go for anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. Iberian or she could go, you mm-hmm. know, Israeli, like she looks, speaks four different languages. Like she has all of this kind of influx when we were talking about this, this idea. And I got to explain to her a bit of like our heritage and like where we came from and how we kind of came from the hood or like by choice, you were working mm-hmm. in the inner city and then mm-hmm. how mosaics progressed and then the business side and then all the different things that we're getting to do. It was actually really, really interesting. She worked for a think tank in D.C. that sent her over to Syria and Lebanon to like study the ramifications of the wars in, in Lebanon and Syria to the Syrian people. And it was like fascinating, fascinating conversation. And I show, and I was looking at my phone, happened to be, I was like, you want a plane? And I was like, to think we came from, to think that what you, you know, what you built is really beautiful and we're only at the beginning of the building i feel like and mm-hmm. and so to have those moments of reprieve where you get to fly private or do something really silly that's fun and it isn't about that but it's mm-hmm. cool that you get to have a moment and i do feel i feel like a lot of people live in this fear of well, one if you're a pastor as well that you you can't have a nice life mm-hmm. you know because it's seen as opulent and it's seen as like uh, detrimental to the faith or to the church or to it's seen as like wasteful um but I also do think that it's like you're not a singular, singularly a pastor. You're also yeah. you're a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. and then you're also a business person. You're also a consultant. You're also friends with these really incredible people who love you for all the different things that you do. And it was exciting to, as like a son to hear you talk about the conversations that you had in Florida and the way people complimented you, spoke of you. As like a son, I'm proud. As a bully, um, <laughs> just here to remind you, you know, that we're in a ten by ten office. Mm-hmm. With two lights, <laughs> not a real studio. No, um, no what? What were you going to say? I'm, I'm happy for you. And it was cool to show my friend. I was laughing because I was like, it's cool to see where I said, I was like, look at where God's taken us. Mm-hmm. Would have never thought. Yeah. So obviously something probably controversial. Sure. A lot of people think. I'm like, sure. Like when, please do. When someone's a pastor, they go, oh, you know, um, why, why, why does he have this? Or why do they, you know do that or, you know, and I, I'm just going to say this. Um, I've always had the capacity to make billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I've never been in doubt. Mm-hmm. I've always known I have the capacity to make billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I always chose not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made my primary focus building into people, connecting people in relationship to Jesus Christ and building the church. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that I, I'm, that I'm going to not use that talent all my life. Yeah. And so a part of it is I, I'm 63 yeah. and I've been a follower of Jesus since I was 20. Mm. I've invested um, four decades of my life to the church. Mm. Uh, but I love the challenge of working with the greatest minds, the greatest leaders, the greatest business people, mm. uh, the most uh, influential individuals in the world and building into their lives, helping them come into a relationship with Jesus, helping them uh, increase their capacity right. and then call them to live lives that um, do a great deal of good. And, um, and and unfortunately, modern Christianity is is such a judgmental space that if you actually have any level of, let's say, top tier talent or gifting. Mm. Um, you're indicted if you optimize that. We need to change the culture. Pastors and Christians 
should not have to live beneath their potential and capacity. It was interesting. I was I was having this conversation because I had so I had the battle ready phone on for the last like week. The bat phone. The bat phone. People started calling it the bat phone, which just like on a, made me giddy on another level. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and and um, I was talking to this person. I didn't realize that like you know random people were texting me. Also, the etiquette of the bat phone is tell me who you are and where you're from. So people were like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I was like, yo, what's up? I hate when someone calls me and says, what are you doing? And like, I'm going, are you here to manage my life? Or like, who is this? <laughs> who are you first? But it was, it was interesting. Couple, couple, Lots of great conversations. I have like 50 missed calls I got to call back. I'm going to keep it on for another week just to call people back. But um, I had this conversation with this young person. And I think it was young. I think it was, I think she ended up asking a question about women in ministry. So I was like, hey, I can't tell you anything about that. So I gave it to Mariah. Mariah responded. No, it's a different person. Someone said something about like, they didn't like uh, how we talked about, oh, like one one piece of feedback I've been getting about the mm-hmm. masterclass or like, why mm-hmm. are we charging for th- for God's revelations in your life? Like if God gave you these ideas, why are you charging for the ideas God's given you? It was so interesting to me. Cause like, wow, because if you really believe God gave them to me, then I should probably charge more. No, no, no. Because I've been right. given a stewardship. Right, but like, go, let's, just, let's take it all the way over, right? I just said, I, the response was, um, so do you think iPhones should be free? Right? Yeah. So you're more willing to pay someone who may or may not believe in God, but creates a product, mm-hmm. calls it Apple, with a apple with a bite, bite out it. of it. Eve. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. uses literally biblical... Like, imagery, imagery of the fall of man. Yes. And then sells it to you for a thousand dollars. But should that be free? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Am I making my point here? Oh, no, absolutely. Because in fact, the scripture says that every good and perfect gift comes from above from the father of heavenly lights. Right. And so that means every good thing in the world comes from God. So if you have a great idea, it's God inspired. You know what? You know what you get for free from God? You can open your Bible and read it for free. And even then, you got to pay to get the Bible. That's the other funny thing. People don't realize the Bible is actually owned by publishing companies. Yeah, the NIV is owned by a publishing so company. Every you t- cannot reprint it. You cannot no, you get reproduce su- it. They'll sue the pants off you. Yeah. Also, if, if you want to give away Bibles for free, like a church, any church does, Mosaic does, mm-hmm. you have to pay for those Bibles. Yeah, people don't get them for free. Uh, yeah, why are you giving the Bible for free? Yeah, well, no, why don't you give the Bible away for free? Because we have to buy it. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, it's not for free. It's not. So it was interesting having to explain that to, to her. I think she received it well. She still di- didn't agree. And then I realized, like, you're at the beginning of your journey. I don't care if you agree. You need to listen mm-hmm. and you need to learn. Yeah. Like, why are organizations run like businesses? And I was like, they have to be run higher, better than businesses because yeah. businesses only have to make money. We have yeah. to make money and be good people mm-hmm. and help people's lives. Yeah, but it, it's almost like you're in a catch-22 if you're um, a pastor. Uh, you shouldn't ask for money and you shouldn't go make money. <laughs> you're supposed to be poor. <laughs> so so which, which one do you want? Do you want uh, pastors who are always asking people for money and, quote, living off the church? Or do you want pastors who have enough entrepreneurial talent and skill and discipline to go create wealth and make money so they're not um, a burden on the church? Yeah. And I mean, Paul was a tent maker. No one came up to him and said, you know, why are you making tents? Why are you selling tents? Why yeah. aren't you giving your tents away? And, it's, uh, it, it, you know. it's, it's crazy. And yeah. the air is ending. The air is ending of everything's free. Well, I realized I created a culture of... Um, ungratefulness 
Now, I had a consultant explain to me that the reason other people could sell their products is because they always sold their products. Interesting. And they said to me, you've given everything away for 40 years. So the moment you move to selling something, people will feel offended. So, so how, how, do, how do you break that? How do you compare that to like Gary Vee's whole structure? Or whole concept is I give everything away for free on all of my social media platforms. and I only charge for this, 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 and this. Because he does charge for this. this so this, so you this. have to create the back end where you're going like, this is what I charge for. If you want access, if you want a relationship, if you want more in-depth information. Gary Vee has never in his entire life given away as much as I've given away. No, I'm not saying he has. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just asking. It's a different, it's a different ideology. Because yeah. he would say, he'd look on the positive side, I've given so much away for free. Yeah. But you know what the funny thing is? is? He's always reminding people he gives away for free. <laughs> My name's Gary Vee and I give away for free. Like yeah. he always is reminding me. Yeah. I think pastors don't do a good enough job about reminding people like, hey, broke boys, mm -hmm. we're getting this for free. Hey, broke boys. <laughs> hey, broke boys. Yeah. Getting this for free, brother. I just think they, they see, uh, people see pastors as beggars. And, they, and maybe the generation where pastors are funded by the church can be replaced by a generation where pastors actually develop skills, talents, and abilities that create wealth so they can actually volunteer their time in my, the church. My thing is I completely— I, I, I love that relationship way better. I completely agree with that. I do think that when you're young, when you're a young person, and you make a lot of money— and you go to a church, one, why would you not go to church if you want to be invested in? Mm -hmm. You want to be, you want to have a free mentor? Go to, go to church on Sundays. Yeah. You were learning so much about life, principles, how to have good character, how to interact with humanity, how to have a better spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And then you can go and kill it. But when you go and do it, give back to the person and to the people that, that help you do it. Yeah. And there isn't, and then you don't have to ever ask for money. Pastors should never have to ask for money. Well, you know, there was, I remember one time there was this guy, I think he would come in a Rolls Royce. And um, he never, he, he was never one of the givers at Mosaic. Right. He, he would just come. Right. And, um, every, and one day he grabbed me in the parking lot. He goes, hey, I just got to tell you something. And I said, what? And he introduced himself. And I realized, oh, that's his car. And he said, I pay Tony Robbins a million dollars to mentor me. Wow. And uh, I come and get everything that you give for free. And what I get from you has more value. You just don't even know you're supposed to be charging. It's crazy. And, and that's the but thing. But he is probably that, values Tony Robbins more because he gives him the million dollars. So he has to extract every last cent out of that, right? No, yeah. And what actually other people help me see is because you get for free, people treat it like it's for free. Right. So I've had two people. And I think I could actually say their names. I think one of them is John Gordon. He says, whenever he does a free event, the people going to the free event are so high maintenance. They complain about everything and they're never satisfied. When he does an event that costs a lot of money, they don't have a single complaint and everyone's low maintenance. And I had another speaker. Um, I think they were actually it was, a, a, uh, if you ever heard of Grant Cardone. Yeah. yeah. We were talking he, about him earlier. he just did an event and evidently at that event, he gave away a huge number of the seats in that room. Yeah. The people who he gave the seats to most of them yeah. did not show up. Wow. But everyone who paid was in their seat. Oh wow! Interesting. And it's it's a and that's a, I think part of the reason people don't grow spiritually, to be frank. Yeah. Like people who tithe and give beyond that, they're actually postured for growth. Yeah. 
It's the people who go to church who never give. Who and I don't mean like just drop a little change. It's the people who go, but they're not committed to tithing and beyond. Yeah, they're not postured for growth, and they then they wonder why doesn't the church uh, help me? And it's because you treat things that you think are for free as if they have they have no worth. It's interesting. Okay, yeah. so so we want to get into the meat of this. Okay. I think this has been important, though. No, it has. I think it, we, we need to change people's minds and liberate pastors and people who really want to do good in the world uh, from the oppressive view that they're not allowed to create wealth if they're capable of doing that. Okay, so let's let's break down. I mean, if there's anything we could talk about today, mm-hmm. I mean, other than Elon bought 9% of Twitter, uh, Ukrainian president was at the Grammys on via video, like live video. And yeah, but we don't want to overlook this. But the most important thing has happened yes. this weekend. The University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Yes. Defeated the Duke Blue Devils. The Tar right. Heels brought down Coach K. Right. And I just want to be clear that this was the trifecta. This was the, the hat trick. When Coach K became a coach, the coach of the Blue Devils in 1980, when I was a student at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, when I was there as a Tar Heel, Coach K lost his first college game to the Tar Heels. Wow. And then he lost his last game in Cameron Stadium to the Tar Heels. His, so crazy. His last game at home was lost to Chapel Hill. And then the last game of his career in the Final Four, the only time in his history that Duke and Carolina met in the tournament. The Tar Heels defeated him again. The perfect trifecta. I love Coach K, but I just love that we imprinted our logo on his soul. <laughs> Dang. That was, that was deeply personal. Are you okay? It, it, no. We're no, big. no. He started Coach K, but he finished Coach KO. <laughs> that messed up. I hate Duke. I hate the Blue Devils, and I hate you, Coach K. No, I not love like Coach a bi- K. Not like a biblical hate. Like I don't hate you as a person. Hate him because he's so good. No, I hate him because he's a traitor. <laughs> he's a tra- he's on the opposite team. He's a traitor. He's not. He's not a part of us. <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? Well, I do want to talk a little bit about um, meeting expectations and underpromising and overdelivering. What does that have to do with anything? Because. We launched the Art of Communication. Yes. Six hours and 15 minutes of intensive mentoring on communication. Yes. Are and you doing a commercial right now? No, no, no. And, and then we said we would do one live Q&A yes. as an added bonus to anyone who purchased the Art of Communication. Right. But we didn't tell them. See, this is what I love. I love doing more than people could ever expect. Talk to me. We are going to do 10 weeks in a row, live Q&A around the art of communication every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And, and it, it actually starts tomorrow. So when this episode comes out, it started, or I guess it starts on, it's starting on Tuesday. Yeah, it starts, so nice. yeah, it starts on, on Tuesday. And, and here's the beautiful thing about it is that we've had some people who actually have now come in at the $3,000 price point. Yeah, it's not three. It's thirty three hundred. I think no, no, it's twenty nine ninety five, right? No, no. Well, yeah. How much? Twenty nine ninety five plus tax. Yeah, okay, so twenty nine ninety five plus tax. So if you bought it early, you bought it without the tax. We paid your taxes if you Which, bought it early. Yes, but now you have to pay your own taxes. Yeah. So it's thirty two ninety or something. 
Yeah. And and what I'm saying is when you're looking at going, wow, is it worth $3,000? I can tell you getting 10 sessions live were- um, You're answering questions. Answering the direct questions of the people who are going through this process. That by itself is worth the tuition yeah. than the price for the course. So we've, we've been brainstorming what this 10 week like situation is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And I think one, I think the net value on this is just, it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. What it, mm -hmm. what it costs people to sit down with you for an hour it's to then, to then to do yeah. 10 of those, Yeah, but 10 of them on, on specific content going into like the niche of communication is so spectacular. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the arena and I have, I actually have a pastor who, who submitted a talk who wants you to just rip it to shreds. <laughs> did I tell you this? No, I did not so know he, this. Yeah, so Columbus, Ohio, it's got him Todd, he's awesome. He, he, he FaceTimed me and it was the first FaceTime of that, of that, I think it was Monday morning of last week. And we ended up just talking for 20 minutes. We just, we just got along and he, he was like, hey, I know you guys mentioned this like gladiator arena situation where Erwin just like <laughs> rips some, a message to shred. He's like, can I submit for that? I said, yes, you have to submit two messages. One that's, you think your best message and then you're like maybe your worst message. So we can kind of oh, like attack. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, are you sure you want this? Like, it's, it's not going to be enjoyable. This is going to be unenjoyable for you unless you have just, <laughs> you know, nerves of steel. It's like, no, no, I would love it. Could you, could I sign up for it? So that's going to so be. It, the, he already has the art of communication. So he already bought art of communication. Okay, okay, wow. so, so he was just asking questions like, hey, could I submit to be one okay. of the messages that gets? Well, maybe we'll do that in one of the 10 weeks. We're definitely going to do it, right? Yeah. yeah you're going to watch the, you're going to, you're going to pull up clips of the message and then break down what's wrong with the message. Yeah, I'm also going to have my team who does it here for uh, for us yeah to uh, look at it too yeah so we're going to do a holistic 360 kind of uh experience for someone it's going to be a bloodbath and it's going to be a psychological thriller it's going to be an autopsy in a living thing <laughs> and, uh, grown men and, will but, cry and uh yeah but it's okay for a grown man to cry in a soft <laughs> world that we live in yes <laughs> <laughs> And one, it, like one of the questions, I remember we were at dinner at the Soho House in, uh, no. Where were yeah, we? Yeah, uh, Soho, New York. Okay. Oh, Soho Grand. Soho Grand. So we were, we were at the Soho Grand in Soho, New York. Uh -huh. And we were there with a couple of people that um, you knew. And then and I also came to know one of them was named Josh. And he said to me, how did you develop such an extensive vocabulary? Yeah. And... I said to him, why would you call it extensive? What words am I using that are that unexpected or unusual? I said, think through my message, my talk, tell me the words that you didn't know. Okay. They couldn't think of a single word. That's crazy. It's crazy. And, and people perceive me to have an extensive vocabulary, which I do. I just never use it on stage. Yeah. But what I do use is I use a textured language. Right. So I thought, even though we're in battle ready, maybe I'll do a little glimpse of what I'll do in like some of these Q and A's. Sure. I wanted to take a moment and uh, answer Josh's question from five years ago, and go a, a part of the way that you develop quote an extensive language. It isn't about learning big words. Big words are for people who pretend they understand a subject. Okay. And so when a person communicates something and it's incredibly complicated, you know they don't understand it. Okay. Uh, real genius is taking 
profound and complicated concepts and making them so simple that everyone can get them and it explodes inside of their soul. So one thing I find when I talk to like the business guys mm -hmm. and sales guys, they use a lot of abbreviations. <laughs> and it just I just put that in the, the bucket of like stuff I don't care about. Yeah. So why, but I feel like, you know, whether it's pastors or business mm -hmm. guys, sales guys or CEOs or whoever, super niche tech people, yeah. why is it that we feel like we have to use an insider language? Every culture yeah. has it. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, th those uh, crypto guys, all these abbreviations, you don't even know what they're talking about. No, ha no, no, no. But you, you, the Christian abbreviations are the devil. That's, yeah. a, that's a Christian abbreviation. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. That, that, um, no, it's, it's like, it's kingdom culture. It's, um, it's, it's, um, it's. I don't even want to talk about it because it irks me. And that's why I don't, I don't say these words. I don't say these words. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't live in the Harry they're Potter just so, world. So, they're just, they're, they're all these phrases in the Christian world that are catchphrases that are supposed to evoke certain emotions and responses from people. Right. And, and they're shortcuts to actual meaning. Like when you say, I've been saved, there's nobody in the room who doesn't know Jesus who will understand what that means in any way, save from what, no, save and, from who. And no, there's tons of rooms. People, tons of people in tons of rooms will, under, will, will understand it. Yeah, I'm saying that doesn't know Jesus. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, most people aren't communicating to, to people who don't know God. But they think they are. They hope they are. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so here's the way I create an extensive vocabulary. Um, I create universes of language. Okay. Let me explain. Like, um, if there's a subject that you care a lot about, then um, mind map that subject and so find- Give me an example, give me, get, build one right now. Okay, so um, I care about leadership. Go more specific. No, no, I, I care about leadership. So I'm gonna okay. talk a lot about leadership. Okay. So then I find a lot of words that describe a leader. Pioneer, adventure, entrepreneur, um, groundbreaker. Okay. Uh, and so I, I begin, I could probably take and create a universe of 50 different words that could replace the word leader. Okay. And each one of those words has its own nuance. Okay. So, and so the more you understand a subject, the more language you have to explain it. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. You, you know, so if you, if you don't so find other ways to describe it. Yeah. So if you don't have, if you like, like, if you don't know cooking, you might say, Hey, throw some spices in there. Right. <laughs> and then, but a person who's actually a chef would go, well, which spices? Right. And, uh, and, and, and you go, name every, okay, name every spice you can think of right now. What, me? Yeah, you. No, Brooke. No, come on, come no, on, come on. I don't want to. All right, Brooke. Austin, name every spice. Come on, in, in 10 seconds. Spice? Spice. spice. Tarragon, thyme, paprika, turmeric, Cayenne. onion powder, garlic powder. Salt, um, pepper. Thank salt you, pepper. Austin. <laughs> Cardamom, I don't know. Cardamom, that's great. All right, so do you, do you cook a lot, Brooke? I try. Because you actually had some really nice responses. Oh, thank you. And Austin, you don't cook very much, do you? No, I do. I just saw that she was missing a couple very obvious ones. Uh, like, I'd be like that. Salt and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. You're helping her out with the basics. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the more you cook, the more spices you can name. Yes. And um, what happens is when you create a universe of words around a particular idea, truth, topic, theme, it... It textures how people respond to you. It keeps it more interesting, but it also builds your credibility because it's clear you know a lot more about the subject. Okay. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I think is really important if you want to build your communication skill is to realize everyone has certain themes that they talk about a lot. Like what? 
Well, it depends on the person. Some people you always just use you. Um, I my core theme is um, about living a heroic life. Okay, and and so I'm always going to find some way to talk about living your most heroic life. Give me and, an example. Um, well, no. So, but the example would be it, so it doesn't. It makes sense that I've read every mythology book in the library. Okay, that, but what's the example of a heroic life? Um, you know, uh, King David would live. It would be a person who li has lived a heroic life. But then, okay. um, but then there's so many others. I, uh, then in the Bible, I'll show you how Joseph, who, who we know very little about, how he also lived a heroic life, showing okay. up uh, when he could have walked away. Okay. Yeah. You know, and so I see everybody's story in some way. So you kind of find heroic. these these common Filter. denominators to these different characters. Yeah. The subject matter that you're looking at. And you see it everywhere in the world. Okay. It just you start seeing it all around you. You start seeing her heroism every day. Or okay. the opportunities for it where people didn't step into it. Okay. And uh or but a lot of people like maybe their themes are, you know, we're all broken and we need to be healed. Okay. And so then their language becomes a very therapeutic language. Yeah. You, you know, and um and and so if you pay attention to where you have more words, those are your themes. And if you um if you've ever listened to someone who loves like like film, right. they just know how to break down all the different nuances to a point where it might even bore you to death. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um and one of the things I I I just want to encourage people who are trying to become better communicators are don't just have one word that describes the thing. Don't have just one word that describes courage. I have 10 different words, 20, that would describe courage. If you're talking about integrity, don't just have, you know, just keep saying the word integrity. Right. Think of a universal words that describe what you're trying to talk about. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, the universe of language. Yeah. So interesting. Okay, and that's enough. No more free stuff right now. No more free <laughs> stuff. We, got, we, have, we have a few minutes to wrap this thing up and, and, right. and land, this, land this plane. I'm really excited. I like, I like this. I like this. So what you're saying is basically... If you haven't gotten the art of communication yet, you need to get it. Jump on this. You have ten. You're gonna be a part of a ten week. Well, I guess by the time they hear this, it'll be a part of a nine week Q and A. And the longer you wait, the fewer live sessions there will be. Yes, but you will get access to the recordings of those live sessions. Will they really? They will, which is really, really amazing. Wow, so we're that's, being incredibly generous. I think so, <laughs> but it's also it's an yeah. expensive it's expensive price point. So I want people, people. It's a high yeah. price point. I want people to I want people to get their money's worth. You know. Yeah, and, I think they will. And and a, a huge part of what I really feel more and more convicted about and convinced of is that the high price point assures that people who go through it will most likely grow from it because you have to be committed to it to jump in. One, one thing you noticed was that there wasn't that many pastors. I was really was mostly of, business people. I, I was disheartened. Why? Talk to me about that. I, I mean, I care about business people. I care about entrepreneurs. I care about people in other mediums, but I really do care about pastors. And no, I know I, you and, do. And, and I love pastors. And and when I saw almost no pastors signed up. It's not almost no. There's lots of pastors. Are there? They just, they just got overwhelmed with business people. Okay. Yeah. Percentage-wise, it's low. It's lower. And I think sometimes it's um, the poverty mindset that pastors have. Yeah. And I can't, people were saying I can't afford it before we even announced the price. It's interesting, right? Yeah. Their, their initial posture was that yeah. they knew they couldn't, af they knew they couldn't afford it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, it's interesting. You live your life. You know what? I was really excited. Who was the first guy that bought it? He's from El Salvador and uh, grew up in LA. Bradley? The one who got it. The one who got early. Oh, what no, was his that's name? A different guy. I believe Bradley Lawson. Yeah. Bradley Lawson, you sneaky badger. 
<laughs> How you got in, I have no idea. We got to get him. Can we reach out to him and yeah. get him on and talk to him at some point? That would be so fun. That's right. Bradley was the one who went in rogue. He found out how to access the website early, bought it. He was the first one to buy it before we even launched it. Bradley lost. And the first legal one, official one, was a young guy who grew up in LA, but he's actually Salvadorian, lives in Northern California. So He's cool. a youth pastor, and he made a huge investment. Huge in, investment. In himself. And then the second one I noticed was a guy from Scotland. Which, it was like third. That's like third, third or fourth now. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Scottish, Scottish guy. I FaceTimed with him as well. And so it's just very exciting. But I, People I, from around the world. It's really cool. Sometimes pastors think that, um, I guess, preaching is supposed to be just um, an anointing or a gift hmm. rather than a craft and an art that you're supposed to develop. And, and frankly, even if you have a gift, it still needs to become a craft. Yeah. You, you have to refine that gift. You have to invest in yourself. And when you invest in your communication skills, you are actually investing in everyone who has to hear you every single week. <laughs> so do them a favor. Um, I do have a question. So you were surprised that not, not as many pastors signed up as you would like. Um, a couple of people hit us up and, and we hit them back with, here's the link, you can buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't you don't ask for free things invest yeah. in yourself and some people got frustrated that we kept saying invest in yourself that was saying that like if you don't have the money you can't invest yourself it's that meaning that you don't want to invest in yourself mm-hmm. we're not saying that you don't want to invest in yourself we're just saying you have to see it as an investment in yourself yeah and and i do think a lot of pastors have created a space for themselves where they're so locked in mm-hmm. so they'll never learn again they're not, they don't see the world with fresh eyes. And so you see that and you hear that in their communication ability. Yeah. And this is something that genuinely will unlock their abilities to see the world in a new way, see the scriptures in a new way, see communication in a new way. And I'm excited about it. I'm proud of you. This was a, this was, this was hard. Our team was killed it. You guys worked so hard. You did so well. What has shocked me is that I've never been able to sell anything comfortably in my life. And this is easy. I really believe in this. Yeah, And I believe in it so much because I've spent my life developing the capacity to give this away in this way. Right. And um, I'm just, I just have a deep sense that we're going to have a movement of great communicators come out of this. I love it. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. What did we talk about today, Brooke? What did we talk about? You talked about a lot of different things. Spices, Brooke boys, how to make money and be good people. The art of communication. Stop bullying me should be our title. Stop oh, bullying me. But we can't bully you. You said physically or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Bully's got to go, apparently. Okay, okay, okay. So, what? well, we're going to call this private jet. This episode, private oh, jet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> private conversation on a private, on a private jet. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For every single person who listens each and every week or once a month or however much you listen to, thank you so, so much. We are so grateful for you. Go right now and hit subscribe on Spotify and hit follow and and rate and review this on Spotify right now. Do this on YouTube. You can like it. You can subscribe to it. We have our own YouTube channel. All the links are in the bio on our Instagram. Follow the Instagram and rate and review this on Apple Podcast. We are so grateful for you guys. We love you. Uh, Leave a comment. Hit the bat phone. We will see you next week. All right, here we go.